Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me is a very, very special guest. Like I am, I told her before we started, I am fangirling over her because I've seen her on TikTok at Melody Cruz Sings. She's a singer-songwriter based in Pennsylvania, and she actually played Carla in the NCC Summer Theater in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. It's Melody Cruz, everyone. Hey, everyone. (laughs) And thank you, John, so much for having me on today. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. I don't know if I actually like specified this, but like a lot of my episodes I've recorded months in advance. This one, we're like doing a fast turnaround time. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. I've watched this movie already two and a half times. (laughs) I only got to see it once. You're better than me. (laughs) Well, so we're talking about In the Heights, everyone which literally just came out this year, 2021. For those of you in the future listening to this, it's written by Chiara Alegria Juedes. I think that's how you pronounce her name. (laughs) I am so sorry if that's not. Music and lyrics by Lin-Manuel Miranda, directed by John M. Chu. And according to IMDb, a feature version of the Broadway musical in which a bodega owner has mixed feelings about closing his store and retiring to the Dominican Republic after inheriting his grandmother's fortune. Okay, well, that's a lot of wrongness going on there, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, IMDb. I, it's funny, I was reading some articles, like, like, because I always do that after I watch a movie, I kind of, like, read articles to kind of, like, see what other people thought. And a lot mm-hmm. of the articles are just not true about the movie. Like, they're, like, talking about the musical, but there were a lot of differences in the movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I'm going to be honest. I've never seen the musical, like, in person. <gasps> but, <laughs> but, 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 this was my first, like, time going to a movie theater in over a year. In like a year oh and my gosh so it was like going to see the show in a way that makes sense i was just like we have to get back to a, a post-pandemic life and everything just being in an audience and like having their energy even though it's a screen it felt like a live theater event and that's like, cool we were applauding after numbers i cried the whole time <laughs> so I do usually after that first number but I think it was like my first time back and it's just all emotional and everything so it was such it was an experience man and when I say experience I mean just like it oh, oh we'll get into <laughs> it we'll talk about it more in depth but you guys will hear you guys will hear all our thoughts <laughs> I mean I know that they changed a lot yes or- enough but like how did you feel about those changes personally um some I really really liked <clears throat> and then there were some that I was like not like that I didn't like but I was I was more like curious as to why they decided to do those things like should should I get into those changes now like like what yeah. I noticed well uh, I also want to <laughs> give a big spoiler alert because it's still a brand new movie um yeah by the time this episode comes out so I know the my other stuff, it's been like out for forever uh, that I've talked about and you, who cares if we spoil it? But like this one, I want to give a huge spoiler alert. Stop now before we get any further and we ruin it for you and go watch it. Good you know. call. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. Okay. So what was some of the changes that you didn't like? Okay. Or, that, or I... that you were questioning, I should say. Questioning. Okay. So. One, the biggest thing I have is they killed off Camila, which is Nina's mom. In the musical, she's a whole character, has her whole song. She's just killed off in the movie. Well, what was, uh, what song does she sing? She, it's um, called Enough. It's like, oh my God. Oh. Enough. Now you listen to me. Yeah. And it's like a whole, like, 
I mean, I guess I understand maybe if she wasn't like, I'm my, what I suspect, I mean, obviously this, I don't know, but I, I feel like they might've killed her off to make it more of like a sad story of like, oh, girl loses mom and like, you mm. know, this and this, like maybe, but, and I get it. Like she wasn't like, I mean, I don't want to, she wasn't like a vital character in the musical. It was, she was definitely like a supporting role. So like, maybe they just like to save money or like didn't have to hire another act. I don't know. But like, but I found out they killed her off. I was like, dang, they killed off Camila. She's such a cool role in the musical. I was like, dang, that's sad. I feel like also killing her off gives the tension between Nina and her dad a little more. Yeah, probably, probably. I don't remember. I, I've listened to the cast album like religiously so i i do know i do know yeah in there for example it didn't feel like that there was an emphasis on like the dreamers and like ha- having a green card so much it felt like that like that that was new to the movie yeah that was that was something i actually really liked that was a change that that was a positive change i think because actually in the musical i want to say i'm like 99 sure they don't even really like they don't I mean they maybe mention it at some point like during one of the raps or something like a line here or there but like there's no storyline around it in the musical and I like that they did that with Sunny because it gave Sunny a lot more depth and it also like tackled a whole like issue that wasn't brought up in the musical that is relevant to the rest of what they're trying to tell like in their story and also they played more into racism with yeah it's with nina with nina yeah and with vanessa a little bit too a little bit yeah at the like the realtor thing yeah, yeah. a little bit like that was like that was kind of like uh what do you call that like um like more like subtle but still like you know but like the nina thing was blatant racist like that was like full of, i mean they're both horrible obviously but like I thought I actually thought it was a better change why Nina left school because in the musical you probably know, I think you know it's just bad grades like she just like she was working she couldn't afford her books so she had to work like two jobs and then she had bad grades so she failed but then that's the musical version but then the movie they had her leave because she didn't have that like community there at school with her and she experienced the racism so she just kind of felt like a complete outsider and just wanted to be back with her community where she felt like she belonged more right like it makes it a little more realistic in a way plus it's now with the conversation that our society has been having the last few years in terms of like racism and like microaggressions or macro yeah that's that's the word i was looking for and i could not think of it that's what i meant by subtle racism like microaggressions yeah Yeah, so like to show the microaggressions and like especially with nina and how it piles up it's just it's enough to make somebody want to like explode and run away Um, yeah i in the movie i like I mean, I sympathize with her decision to leave school in the musical too, but but in the movie, it made me like, girl, I would have done the same thing. Like, right. I was like, I got more, like, because in the musical, like, I felt a little bit of sympathy for her parents because, like, they really wanted her to do that. And I mean, like, I, I was on the, always on Nina's side, no matter what, but, like, I got where her parents were coming from. But in the movie, I was like, Kevin, like, come <laughs> on. You know what I mean? I'm like, Kevin, like, listen to her. Like, she's, and and that was nothing. Benny backed her up in the movie and he was like, Kevin, listen to her. Like, listen to what she's saying. Cause he was just trying to be like, oh, it's not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal. And Kevin's like, no, like, listen to your daughter. Yo. Like, she's trying to tell you some real shit right now. Are we allowed to curse on this? Oops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're allowed <laughs> okay, to okay, say, okay. You're allowed okay. to say whatever the fuck you want. But, All um, right. fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just, it felt like Kevin was very one track mind of like, wanting his daughter to do better than he did in his life yeah which is i feel like every parent's dream they want their kids to like succeed past their success yeah and and i get that but i feel like well i feel like the movie shows how like a lot of parents like kevin's a good example want to actually live vicariously through their children like Mm. there comes a point where you're like it's great to be supportive and like push your kid to like be best like the best version of themselves but it seemed like at a certain point he wasn't listening to what she wanted and he just kind of wanted her to like 
do whatever he wanted. Like he wished he could have done or would have done when he was her age. You've only done the stage version like for one production or? Yeah, just one. Have you read up on like the background of it or heard like, like Lynn talk, Lynn Manuel talk about it? I mean, here and there, I, I've, I'm a, like, I, I was, I'm a huge fan. I probably know, like, somewhat, like, I don't, like, what, like, were you going to share, like, a fun fact, spill some tea on the background? Well, I was going to give some background on, on the show. As yeah, well, go for it, do where, it. Where he started writing it in 1999 while in college. And that version was, like, claimed to be uh, parallel to Rent after it was performed a few alumni told him to expand it, make it a Broadway show. And one of them would be, was Thomas Kale, who would become the director of In the Heights, the stage. Oh, wow. And then in 2005, they had an out-of-town tryout in Connecticut. Robin DeJesus, Christopher Jackson, and Janet DeCal. DeCal. That was Carla, right? Janet, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. They originated their roles there. And uh, Lin-Manuel did not play Usnavi. Somebody else did. He then... Surprise! I know, right? Because <laughs> we were so used to him being... Being Us- Usnavi, yeah. I've met so many people that have split opinions on him starring in his own musicals. Like, some people hate that he does it, and some people love it. I'm one of the ones, honestly, who love it. Like, I... Lo- I... I mean, he's, he's a poster child for writing shows for yourself. Like... yeah. Like, I think that that's cool. Like, I feel like, maybe, I don't know if maybe he, like, was having trouble getting cast, but, like, the dude paved his own way. Like, you gotta admire, and he literally built, like, an empire and changed the course of theater for, like, probably, like, forever, at least, like, drastically in our time. So, like, you gotta at least, if you don't agree with it, respect it. Like, respect that work, you know? Like, I always, that's I always argue with my boyfriend about that all the time. He's, like, he's, like, he's taking away the rule from someone else, and I'm, like, dude like dude, just he just originated let him go. It. like yeah like, like just let it go the show opened off broadway in 2007 it opened on broadway in 2008 and it closed in 2011 so it ran for three years obviously lynn didn't do all of the show oh, yeah <laughs> and now anthony ramos graciously took over which i think was the perfect perfect casting choice ever yeah because you know they've they worked together obviously beforehand and been in the show before the movie. Yeah. He was in the show. And also like, he's just like, really like he's, he gets like, like obviously there's so many people who probably, who I know could have done a great job at Usnavi, but like he really gets like all those nuances and like those small little like decisions that just make the role like from great to like exceptional, you know, like he just, he killed it. He, I couldn't picture anyone even doing a better job than how he did. No, I, I, I can't. I honestly, like, I know he can sing, and I know like Usnavi is mostly like a rapping role, but like he sold everything. And plus, yeah. plus, I mean, it doesn't hurt that he has worked one on one with Lynn to understand everything. So, like, obviously getting the rap down is was probably a little easier than, like, somebody else doing it who's never done Oh, it. yeah. And he made it his own. That's the thing I love about it is he made Usnavi his own. Like, he didn't copy everything Lynn did. Like, there were certain lines that, like, the delivery was different. Like, it wasn't... I, I think that Anthony's portrayal of Usnavi was a little bit more, like, suave, kind of crafty, like... You know, like almost like kind of how like Alexander Hamilton is a little bit because I feel like Lynn played Usnavi more like dorky and kind of like like kind of klutzy a little bit, like yeah, like when Lynn, well, like that because like you know like the whole um like the whole thing with Vanessa, like where he's like he's like always like like flustered and like can't figure out what to say to her and like does all these like dorky little dances and like there's these like funny moments like there wasn't really that too much in the movie. That's another thing. That was a difference I wrote down that I think, honestly, and this is my honest opinion, I love the movie, but I think the dynamic between Usnavi and Vanessa was better in the musical. Really? Yeah. Is it because they weren't on the same level, you're saying? Like... 
help. It's it's not like I don't like I love their story more in the movie. The storyline for them is so much better in the movie because Vanessa gets a whole storyline. She gets like in the musical, we don't even like we don't even know that she's a fashion designer in the musical. We okay. find that oh. no, we don't know that. We the only thing we know about Vanessa in the musical is that she wants to leave the the Washington Heights and go live downtown. Like that's all we know about her. We don't know why. We don't know anything about like her life at all. We we see her like just kind of sporadically. Like she's just kind of like scattered in there. Like she doesn't really have a solid storyline in the musical. Movie, we get to learn so much more. Also, this is a huge spoiler alert, but you get to see that they get married and they have a kid at the end or whatever, which is awesome. I think that in the musical, there's like, I I liked the whole kind of like him like chasing her kind of thing and her being like, you know, I'm this, like, that was like really cute. And in the movie, honestly, personality-wise, I didn't see that much of a difference between like how Nina and Vanessa acted. Like they didn't contrast each other a lot in the movie, I don't think. I think they both were like sweet and kind of just like, you know, like down to earth in the movie when Vanessa's to be more like heart hardened, like have a little bit more of an edge to her. Like she does in the musical. I feel like she didn't really have that edge too much in the movie. And I think that's just, that's not the actress, actress's thing. I think that's just how they wrote the character in the movie. Hmm. I mean, wardrobe wise, you can kind of tell that one is a little more innocent than the other. Wardrobe. Wardrobe, wardrobe wise. Yeah. But like acting wise or portray- I, I see what you mean. I still fucking love this movie. <laughs> Oh my god! Yes, no, 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 no. I don't want anyone to think I'm like shitting on this. Like this movie was so good. I literally, but like you have to understand. Like if you, like, if you had to nitpick something, yeah, no, yeah, like well, well here's the thing. Like if we're on here talking about the movie, like people want to hear some juicy shit too. Like they don't want to just hear, oh, it was great, because like they can figure that out themselves. Like you know, these are these are the real facts. Like about like the honest to god opinion of like certain things they did. Well, speaking about things that they added. Did, is it me or did they make Daniela and Carla in, in a relationship? Did Was Daniela in a relationship? I didn't notice that in the movie, but maybe I missed that. So in the beginning, during the titular song, I feel like I saw Daphne Rubin Vega wake up with a woman in her bed and I thought it was Carla. Really? I don't, uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I mean, if that is the case, maybe they just live together because no they, no they like, would i mean they had a really they it, there was like a kissy moment of like good morning oh. sweet like, like wake up babe you know kind of a thing and well, if, if, that, if so i love that and if that's also the case poor kuka like <laughs> oh my god kuka <laughs> i love that they added kuka in there like that's amazing i think that's cool and i love oh my gosh don't crucify me i don't remember her name off the top of my head but she was also in orange is the new black and i watched her in that like yeah daya and orange is new black and i loved her in that and she was great in in this movie i thought it was awesome polanco yes dasha polanco yes 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 so is there no kuka or no third person in the trio Uh. no the trio in the musical is consists of daniela carla vanessa vanessa's like a solid part of that trio Uh. in So they, but I think in the movie, they wanted to make Vanessa more like independent from that trio. So they added a third character to kind of make it, you know, like fill that, fill that spot. Yeah. That makes makes sense. But it's unfortunate because like they don't have Dasha sing a lot. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that. But her characteristic is that she's all about her body. So she jiggles something and I love it. Yeah, I know. I know. I love it too. And I thought it was, I thought it was great. I, I, I really think, cause I wondered about that. I was like, I wonder why, like back to the Camila thing, like they got rid of a character, but then they wrote in another character that didn't seem essential to the plot. And I really think it was just to kind of fill that third, that third yes. role. Yeah. Yeah. And then they melded Olga, not Olga. That's the actress's name. <laughs> yeah. Abuela. Ab- Abuela to have like, multiple roles it felt like from the show like who else like nina's mom maybe a little Ni- bit or like nina's yeah. mom yeah and then it felt like they made her a bigger role than what she was in the show um, well yeah in a way, i mean awelka is huge in the show like she is a big role because but it's more like 
in a way that like she's talked about a lot like she she's she's mm. essential just honestly kind of just like for existing like she really only has two big moments on stage in the musical she has paciencia y fe which is obviously like her big song and then in act she actually is in act two of the musical hundreds of stories hundreds of stories yes hundreds of stories yeah so like the movie cut six songs yeah Uh they cut kevin's they cut hundreds of stories i probably could think about it kevin's are you saying sunrise thinking sunrise sunrise was cut no but kevin's song is um um inutil inutil oh this isn't happening and and then they also cut attention and everything i know which honestly i'm not mad about i love how they reordered things like let me tell you paciencia y fe i am ugly crying waiting for my goddamn oscar because (laughs) that the imagery that they have is so fucking beautiful oh God, which then yes. leads into alabanza and you know you, you're already ugly crying because <laughs> she's i know this she's is like dying. yeah this is her life flashing before her eyes and then she dies and you're like i may as well be ugly crying for like 10 minutes of this movie straight yeah no i know well okay that's another can we talk about the abuela thing do you know what okay. i mean by this so all right i'll get into it so this the movie did the whole lottery thing extremely different right where um it you really don't know that abuela won it until the very bitter end yeah so in the musical they find out that she won like she tells usnavi the the same day that the blackout happens like he knows and then they actually like they keep keep the money safe throughout the blackout and they have like a whole like thing they're like yes we managed to get it safe and then they talk about their whole plans how they're both gonna move and blah blah and like he knows about the money the whole time and they i noticed they changed so many lines in the songs because of that plot difference which is weird because she knew she won so why i mean i guess because they wanted to keep it a surprise for us but like bitch we all knew already well, like we know <laughs> we those of us that know we know but like yeah, we know. i mean i guess it's i guess that's great for those that don't know true that's true, then that's true. it's a surprise for them and more more tears after that <laughs> yeah no that's true it, it made it better for the screen i get it because like doing the show with an audience it was really cool every night when the lady who played a well in our production did that what can i do with this winning ticket you would hear the audience go (gasps) like there was an audible gasp and like shock from that reveal every single night and it was a magical moment but that's something i think that has to be pulled off on stage in front of an audience so i get why they saved this big reveal for the end of the movie because you know but like live i i actually now that we're talking about it, i think i'm starting to understand why they did that a little bit more i don't hate it i don't hate that i just noticed it was different it, it took me until the end to realize why they made the change because i was like why are they doing this like in my mind i was like okay i think i get it it's more cinematic this way so i understand there's also a lot of like other line changes in other songs oh my god yeah a million like the big one being the trump line in yes dude I literally, okay, wait. So this is my notes and one right here in the middle says, change the Trump line. Yes. Cause I was so excited. I was like, I don't want to hear his name. They also changed Graffiti Pete's line too in that. Yeah, they did. Which one was it again? Cause I'm like. I'm like Having more hoes in his phone than like a Chinese. Oh, cause I got more hoes in the phone book in Tokyo. Yeah, because that that is kind of like fucked up and that didn't age well. So that's good that they changed that. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it was it was great that like the original team, Kira and Lynn Manuel basically like had a pass at everything that was happening. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, because yeah, that's that needed to change. I mean, but like you can't like blame them for it back then. Like you just know better now. One other thing I wanted to mention before I forget about this, 
did anyone notice? I'm sure people noticed Chris Jackson as the Mr. Softy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like when I tell you I screamed, I was like, I was like laughing so hard at that. It was hilarious. Did you download the album or have you looked at like the album on Spotify or something? I mean, I, I know didn't. it just came out. So yeah, yeah, it just came out, but I actually didn't listen to the movie album because I honestly just wanted to experience it all when I watched it. Like I want, yeah. I wanted it to be a surprise. So like I, yeah, no, I so seriously. Whenever you watch, whenever you get to listening to the album, you'll notice that a they don't have the Piragua rep- reprise, which was again, spoiler alert, the. <laughs> the The ending credits um, yeah but also lin-manuel is not credited for singing piragua so really but i did not notice that so well in uh, on the album i mean yeah well yeah because i didn't see it so i who's credited no one there's no there was no credit and i was just like that's weird like everyone else is credited even doreen montalvo so, oh, for the no Tavias, that whole yeah. song? Or, okay, okay, okay. But do you know why she's important? She was the original abuela in the Connecticut show. Oh, shit. No way. That's yeah. awesome. She's also in the movie. I keep trying to find her, but like, she's like Waldo, where hidden, um, <laughs> hidden in plain sight. Uh, and unfortunately, she passed away before the release. No. Yeah. Um, she's also. Oh, that's horrible. She's also going to be an extra in the upcoming West Side Story movie, but like this is her one of her last <laughs> roles. Oh, that sucks! Yeah, that's horrible. Um, RIP, man. RIP. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been to New York City? Like you? Oh yeah, around? dude. Yeah, I only I live like like an hour and a half away. So I before COVID, I was I was I was there like twice a month at the, at the minimum. Did you ever go to the 191st Street Tunnel? I'm sure I have. I'm honestly really bad with locations and shit. So I probably have been there. I just don't know that it was called that. So in Pacienza y Fe, that tunnel that she goes down. Yeah. That's a real place. Like that. Oh, shit, really? They, yeah. That is the 191st Street tunnel for the one train or the A train. Ooh, I'm really bad right now. I should, I should like know my New York. <laughs> nah, it's okay. But it's. I'm, a, I'm probably- it is a long tunnel that has all that graffiti on there. And like, that's what I really appreciated about this movie is that they didn't make up New York. Like they filmed it in New York. I love that. Like, obviously the one thing that they had to like recreate was the side of the building when they were dancing on it. But that was so cool. How did they do that? Oh, but they pro- I don't know. They probably did it some way, but. I know how they did it. I you could, know? Well, I have an idea. I have an idea. Because there's other movies that utilize the same concept of like dance, like you're rolling around the entire room. I feel like it was on a giant like wheel that they turned 90 degrees. And that's how they were danced. And they were like dancing upright, but the camera made it look like they were on the side. Ah, oh, that's cool. If you watch closely... You can see when they turn it because Corey Hawkins, who plays Benny, like sticks his feet and then starts like walking upright. But obviously he looks sideways. Uh, it's just, so there's like a little moment where you can kind of see it. Right. And then they probably like use green screen for like the family in the window or the people that was on the hilarious. <laughs> yeah. The it, family in the window made me laugh. The kid just like looking out the window like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. I loved it. I'm gonna have a controversial opinion about this it. movie. I love that they cast like not big names in the yeah corals. I like I like that too. I mean Anthony Ramos is probably like the largest name out of yeah. all of them because we know him. But like Kari Hawkins has a has had a career as parts in big movies. Probably the largest one be playing Dr. Dre and straight out of Compton. Yeah, I did see that credit. I I, think I looked him up after I actually like I didn't know him before the movie, but then I looked him up and I was like, oh that's cool. So he's he's done some stuff. But yeah, he's not like a huge name yet. He probably will be after this, hopefully. Right. And then Leslie, Ber- 
Leslie Grace is another singer songwriter, so maybe you could be like, "Hey, girl, what's up?" <laughs> yeah, yo, uh, she she was awesome as Nina. Oh my gosh, I thought that her singing "Breathe" was, I was like, "Wow, wow." Vanessa, played by Melissa Barreda. Yeah, Barreda. She's a telenovela actress who's also done some movies, but like, yeah, I saw she's been in some Mexican movies, like stuff like that. So that's cool. She's going to be in the upcoming Scream sequel and playing the titular role in Carmen. Do you know Carmen? I'm not sure I do. It's an opera. Oh, cool. So she has another singing role coming up. Yes. (laughs) Go girl. Also, we have to say, we have to talk about Jimmy Smith. He actually is kind of a big name because like who played Kevin? Yeah. Because he was in Star Wars. He's he in was everything. In, like, he was in literally like everything. One of the most underrated shows I think that he's ever been in was The Get Down. Have you ever seen it? I only saw the first half. I haven't finished it. Oh my gosh, you have to. Anyone listening right now, if you haven't watched The Get Down on Netflix, you need to watch it. They canceled it and I'm so mad. Like they canceled it a long time ago, but I'm still mad. <laughs> to day. Like I'm not over it. And then you have Gregory Diaz, the fourth who played Sonny. He's a Broadway kid. I didn't realize. Really? I didn't know that. He was in a production of Your Good Man, Charlie Brown. Oh, cool. Um, Matilda. uh, He was on tour with Matilda. And yeah, so he's a Broadway kid. That's cool. They uh, they put a lot of Broadway people. Like Daphne. Daphne was Mimi, the original Mimi in Rent. I mean, if if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know who Daphne Rubin Vega is, goodbye. Like... (laughs) Yeah, Daphne Ruben Vega, dude, she's iconic, man. Come on. Like, she's literally like, oh my gosh. Well, that's another thing. I, a fun fact about me, I am like the biggest rent fit. Rent is like, and I know this is like, pro- and this might be a sound basic. I really don't care. Rent is my all time favorite musical. I love In the Heights. I love like a bunch of other musicals, but rent is always going to be here and everything else is going to be like right there. Like, like just right, right on it. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, yeah. no fault on that. And that's just it's just the fact it's just it just like it's just the connection I have with it personally it's not it's not that I I think it's like I mean it's an amazing piece of work but I'm sure there's more polished shows there definitely are more polished shows out there I'm not saying that it's like the best quality work ever to be made but to me I have a connection to it personally that just makes it my favorite when do you think this is supposed to take place oh the movie or the or the musical the movie so I actually got a vibe that it was more current than the musical, honestly. And you know, this is going to sound funny, but one of the reasons why was the type of phones that they were using in the movie. I was just wondering because, so you know, in uh, It Won't Be Long, is that the name of it? Where the Vanessa sings? It Won't Be Long Now, yeah. Yeah. She mentions the nine train. Now, Vanessa's supposed to be 19 years old-ish, 1920, right? Wait, when you say the nine train, are you talking about um when when Benny goes, "There's no nine train now." Correct. That's that's um um when you're home. Okay, whenever whatever song that. Yeah. Is. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, no uh, I just want to make sure everyone's on the same page. Yeah. The nine train stopped being its own line in 2005. If it's supposed to be like 2019, the year that um, the film takes place, she was around like five when the train yeah stopped so i'm no. just like mm. yeah no i get that i mean another thing is i feel like the vibe i got from the whole thing was that they didn't like really put a lot of emphasis on the time period because logically that makes sense being like oh like she wouldn't even remember the nine train but at the same time like i feel like they could have just kept that in because it's just kind of like a cheeky like little like thing because that actually believe it or not is like a funny kind of line in the musical right and it's also a throwaway line like nobody i'm the only one that's probably going to be like picking at it and this is yeah no like i uh i I don't really care but i was just like yeah no i know (laughs) no i i totally get i mean i've seen like the bootleg of of the musical and like i like i know like when they were when they had it in new york and they had that there's no nine train now the whole audience like burst out laughing and i feel like it's just like it's kind of almost like a breaking the fourth wall type of line because mm. I feel like it's just kind of like being like yeah no nine train now like you know it's a pain in the ass for everyone 
So like maybe they just kept that in the movie to just be like a little like, you know, subtly like referencing that, like that it's gone. Like, I don't know. Maybe they were just like, no, we don't need to change it. Just keep it in there, whatever. But I don't think that that one line necessarily means that it's earlier in the movie, but it might. I don't know. Maybe it takes place back in like the early 2000s. I don't know. The other question I have is like, how old are they supposed to be? Obviously, Nina's a freshman and going to freshman between freshman year and sophomore year in college. Yeah, she's probably 18, 19, something like that. 20 max. And then the other three are supposed to be older, I think, but like not by much. Yeah, well, I know, I remember there was a line where Usnavi said, I'm almost 30 or like something like that. But mm-hmm. maybe that was him being dramatic, like him me being like 22 and being like, I'm almost 30. Like it could have been that. So I don't, I don't know if, if you remember from when you did it, but like, does it say ages in the script? Not really, no. I think it gave us like a range. Like I, I think the range, age range they gave us in the script was more saying like what, age the actress that plays the role could be Mm. like it's all suggestive like i know in the musical like everybody was a lot older than the people they use in the movie no like a lot older but like maybe like 10 years older like i think to play nina like on the stage you could probably get away with it i would say probably until you're like in your depending on who it is like maybe even like your early 30s like if you really wanted to do it or maybe even later, like, think about, like, Renee Goldsberry has been playing teenagers, and she's, like, almost 50 now, and she's killing it, yeah, like, think about that. I think in the movie, they kept it, like, on the younger side, which I think is fine. Like, I, I thought I liked it. I, th- I thought it was great, because then, obviously, you ch- you have to change Anthony Ramos's facial hair to make him look, quote-unquote, older, or time yeah. has passed. It made me feel like Rent, in a way. Where they're in their yeah. 20s and they're still figuring out life and everything. I loved it. Yeah, I know. I, I love that aspect of it. I definitely felt that's another thing that I think the movie did better than the musical was getting that sense of family and like community. Like the musical had it, don't get me wrong, but they showed it a lot more in the movie. Like the scene when they all had like the dinner party in the movie, it was crazy to me watching it. Because it literally reminded me, like, it looked like a a home video for me. Like, it literally looked like a family home video. Yeah, like, because I watched it with my dad. And, like, that's, like, my dad is, my dad is, like, the, like, my Hispanic side of my family. Like, he's Ecuadorian. And, like, when I was a kid, we used to have, like, all, like, my grandparents with all their friends come over. And they would literally just, like, play music in the in the living room for hours and they'd be like singing and like every there like all the food that they had like oh. that is literally how the food looks like sitting out and just like the chatter and just like you know like the like the like everyone coming in like the way that they entered that party like being so excited like ah like hello like giving everybody hugs and stuff like that energy was so spot on with what it's like being at a party like with my like Hispanic side of the family and and like when my dad and I were watching it I was like I was like I literally feel like I'm watching like a home video right now like this is they captured that so perfectly and yeah and it felt really authentic like it's kind of hard to do that on stage like that because because the screen always captures more subtle like intimate details because you can with the cameras so all that stuff like the shots like of you know, just like the food and the, you know, what people were doing in the corner of the room, like all that was so cool. I love that scene. Or even the fact that you can have more people than you can yeah, have on stage. So like, exactly. so like 96,000 or Alabanza or these other ones where, oh my gosh, get yeah. a sense of community because you can have more bodies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like when we did Alabanza in the, in the musical, we had like, well, it, the way our theater was set up was we had a round stage and the audience was actually set up above us. So it was like our stage is on the ground and every oh. it was kind of like an amphitheater style. So it was it was kind of cool. So the, and they had aisles. So how we did Alabanza was the named roles, you know, like all the leads basically like they, they let Carla be in there. Cool. Because, uh, you know, it was a cool scene to be a part of. But we all sat <laughs> on <laughs> we all sat on like Abuela's stoop in the 
And like, we had like, we were holding like flowers and candles and stuff. And then they had the rest of the ensemble in the aisles of the theater holding candles. So they were singing like alongside of the audience, like Alabanza. We're on the stage, like crying and hugging each other. And they're like in the aisles singing it too. So it was really cool. Actually, we did it cool with our show. I can't, I can't. You're gonna make me cry now. Yeah, it was. Well, I cried every night. I cried every night on stage. (laughs) Can we just like also take a minute and talk about the choreography in this movie? (gasps) Oh, yes. Okay. Like, I know the choreographer is Christopher Scott. He is a three-time Emmy-nominated choreographer for his work on "So You Think You Can Dance." And he's known for, like, mixing styles. He also did, like, the last two Step Up movies. And he's actually worked with John um, Chu before on the oh. Holograms movie. So, cool. like, they have a relationship going. And he's done, like, Zombies, the Disney Channel movie, and a b- bunch of other stuff. But, like, re-re-watching it, I was watching, um, I basically just like went through the musical numbers just because I, I needed a, like a little upper with the visuals. Nome Diga, like, we didn't deserve that. <laughs> but oh it my was gosh. amazing. I know. I know. It was so good. Well, that was like obviously one of my favorite parts of the, when I was in it, Nome Diga, because it's so much fun, but they like took it to a whole other level. I was like, you guys, you guys won on this one. The, movie the, the heads moving. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like the, oh yeah. Them oh moving God. around set pieces. Like it, I loved it because it felt theatrical yet it's a movie and it's fantastic I know. fantasy. I know. It was perfect. It was perfect balance. I think. The nailography, I, like what? Yeah, oh yes. I know. Oh, it was awesome. I love Nomadiga so much. And then when you're home right the one at the park when they were at the park park. yeah yeah every single individual is choreographed and i was just like who what how i know i don't know how i don't know how they do it it's so it's amazing you know what one of my favorite dance moments was was actually in the opening number when it showed um anthony ramos through the window and then you could see them dancing in the reflection of the window so fun fact if you go on the In the Heights TikTok, you can learn that choreography. Are you serious? Chris Scott actually like took over uh, for like two postings where he's like, he broke it down. He broke down the beginning part of it. Uh, and then he had other choreographers like show you other things that like uh, that were influenced by the song. But it was, it, it's just so great because he, he was, he was like, okay, now you have to be choking yourself and you're up and you're dead. Oh my gosh. The choreography was beyond my comprehension. Like I couldn't, I, it was beyond the point where I could break it down and be like, oh, this is what they're doing. I was just like, you know what? I'm not even going to try to understand it. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it and watch how cool it is. No, it's, it, it's a character of its own. Like somebody has to win an Oscar from this movie and I don't know who. Like I think multiple I, people should win Oscars from this well, movie. I mean, if if anything, at least one. And I don't care who it is. Like, I just hope somebody wins an Oscar from this movie. Oh my gosh, yeah. <clears throat> I literally also, you know what? I I don't know how people feel about this, but I actually really liked Lynn as the uh Pedagua guy. Yeah, and hearing the story about how they almost cut hit cut that character. No, he's so important. He's a no, he is important because he, well, I could see why they might've considered it for the movie. Cause he, he it, it, it translates, I think a little better to the stage, just the character in general. Cause it's like, it gave, cause like in the movie there are, you already have all the scenery, you have all the ambiance just from the, the camera, but the Pirago guy in the musical is supposed to kind of give you a taste of that ambiance. And like, it's supposed to be kind of like running parallel to the rest of the story in a way, but like, I'm glad they kept it because I, I, it adds something. It really does. He also added like a little transition to it, where yeah, uh, like a little break from all the all the drama and seriousness of everything. And then, and then they're like, now we have to have Lynn in every scene. Oh my god, <laughs> Lynn in every scene. Well, you know, honestly, I only noticed him. Like, and I mean, I'm sure I missed him in some if he was in the background, but I only really noticed him in Carnival and the 
Well, I'm, I'm I'm kidding. Like he was in he was in the beginning. He he had his bit. Yeah. At you probably saw him around in the background, maybe. And then obviously he has the post credit scene. But it's just you see him around a lot. A lot. And I was like, they had to because he fucking he made it. (laughs) Yeah. If if it wasn't for him, there would be not. There would be no movie. No nothing. So. Uh, last question before we get into sharp and flat. How did you feel about the cutaways? I liked that. Well, it kind of like faked you out because you saw in the beginning, and because I know the story, I'm like, oh, if he's telling the story, and it looked like he was on the beach and like at the bar, so I assumed he was in the dr. Where like. You know, maybe I figured this was like years and years and years down the line. I figured he was like reflecting on this, like, you know, 15, 20 years in the future. And I was like, oh, that's cute. And he's like just reminiscing on like his days living in Washington Heights. But then when I found out that they were in his store all along, I thought that was actually really, really cute. And I I loved it. And I love that like they had like the daughter and like they had like it showed like Nina's like, I mean, not Nina, Vanessa as the mom and yeah I thought it was really cute the only thing I didn't understand was how like they had it look like a whole beach the whole time and then it turned out that it was like just the store but I don't know maybe that was just so we didn't put that together yeah like it made you think that he actually got out and then he didn't because they, because he again, didn't, want, they yeah. didn't want to spoil it for everyone but like yeah that those moments is that supposed to be like in the show no that's not in the show at all but I mean, like in the show, the, the characters talking to the audience in a way like so. OK, I get what you mean. So an example is like, you know, in the beginning of Alabanza, where Osnavi does the whole like she was found and pronounced at the scene. She was already uh-huh. lying in bed. That in our musical was him talking to the community because you have to remember, Awella died like nobody was with her when she died in the musical like it like actually in the musical she dies while everybody's singing carnival oh right oh my god yeah so she dies during that whole thing because there actually is like at the end of carnival how they at least how they staged it in my show was like at the end of that whole celebration they showed like somebody running up to wasabi and like 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 whispering in his ear and then he like runs off stage just in the middle of the chaos kind of like foreshadow what's going to happen and then Kevin sings attention, attention. He announces that she died. And then it lights up on like Usnavi telling everybody what happened, how she died. And that's where that rap is. But then the movie, they had him doing it to those kids. So it's just, that was just like a little difference, I guess. Is there anything else you want to discuss further? Uh, therapize about? Let me look at. I we talked about pretty much oh one thing I did want to I did want to say um this is kind of a big plot point that was that was missing in the musical they had it so that Usnavi's bodega gets vandalized and destroyed during the blackout I don't know if you knew that or not yeah that was like a huge plot point of the show like his, his during the blackout like there's like a whole they changed it um that whole part was Sunny and Graffiti Pete like talking about like I don't even remember what they said in the movie, just like other stuff. But in the musical, they they talk about we got to protect the bodega because people are going to break in and steal stuff and whatever. In the movie, they they didn't do that. But in the show, his bodega gets destroyed, and then he has to choose between using the ninety six thousand to like either save his bodega or move to dr. But they just completely cut that out of the movie. Which I mean, maybe they just didn't feel like doing that. Yes, but I just wondered why because that was a huge. And then at the end, you know how um, they painted his store and everything? That was, like, the big surprise. The surprise at the end was, like, that they were, like, starting to fix up his bodega. And they, like, made, like, a mural of Abuela's face in the musical. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> I know. Well, that was a big difference. So I wondered why they got rid of that van- vandalizing. Because that, like that was, like, a huge thing. Like, they, like our set like had like we had to like trash the bodega during intermission to show that it got destroyed during the blackout yeah i could formulate a theory off the top of my head but i mean this is just me talking what do you think yeah what do you think i think they cut it because they've spent so much time showing you how much the community is like a family and like they all love yeah that makes sense like yeah graffiti pete steals in the movie 
steals something, but I feel like it's like it was like a candy bar or like a bottle of soda, just yeah, something like smaller, stupid. Yeah, I think they cut it just so like they keep with that theme of like family. Yeah, that makes sense. It does make sense because yeah, the blackout in the musical is a lot more violent and scary than they should, and which I actually like how they did it, how they did in the movie better because it, in the movie the blackout wasn't like oh my god everyone's gonna die like it was like oh my god like we all need to help each other out and i like right. that more because yeah in the in in the musical the blackout was like this huge scary thing and everybody's store got robbed and trashed and broken into and so like yeah i think it's better how they did it in the movie well now let's get into a section i like to call sharp and flat Woo! all right let's do it sharp flat So in this section, I don't know if you've listened to past episodes, but in this section, uh, we're going to highlight some moments that we've talked about or didn't talk about because we've talked about everything else, basically. Uh, And if we liked it, it's sharp. And if we hated something or we thought it could change, it's flat. All right. Melody being my guest, what are your sharps? I would say Chris Jackson as Mr. Softy was (laughs) a sharp. I think Vanessa getting more of a storyline as far as like her fashion and just having more depth to her character. That was definitely a shark because we don't get to see a lot of her. I would say, oh, another little tiny detail um, that I thought was really cool was when Kevin was on hold, they had You'll Be Back playing as (laughs) music. And I thought that was really cute. Everyone in the theater when I saw it was laughing their ass off. Yeah, it's hilarious. I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. I would say after we discussed it, I think not deciding not to vandalize the bodega was a sharp. I think that was a good decision that they made, especially after you and I discussed it. I think it's like cool that we talked about it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Now that I hear like your theory, if that's true, I, I like that they made that decision. I mean, I, John Chu, you can like reach out. Obviously you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lin-Manuel um, Miranda, you're listening to this podcast. Tell us if I'm right. You did. Hi, Lenny. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I think I, my head would explode if Lin-Manuel oh Miranda was <laughs> That would be wild. Um, I think the fact that they changed the Trump line was definitely a sharp. I think that, oh, when they listed a bunch of the important women, like, oh, um, yes. that was that was definitely a sharp. That was like a huge, I love that they did that. And they had the kids repeat their names. That was awesome. I think that... Sonny's storyline of being undocumented and like Usabi deciding to use the money to help him get his green card. I think that was a huge sharp because they didn't have that in the musical. That wasn't a storyline at all. And I think that was a great addition. That that was like, and it was so subtle too. Like they didn't have him run around saying I'm undocumented. So. Yeah. Like, but they, but they, you know, he obviously like it really affected him. And I also like that they kind of showed that like, he had a shit father who like literally didn't give a shit about him. And it just makes you realize like, damn, this kid really, really has it rough. Like it gives him a lot more depth. And I think it's, it was important. It was important because Sonny is basically just like this goofy kid in the musical. You don't really know anything else about him. So I think it's cool that we got to see more of him. Another sharp. I think that it was cool changing Nina's story as far as why she left school saying that mm-hmm. it was because of like racism and feeling outcasted and instead of just her getting bad grades i think that added a lot more like substance to the storyline there was obviously other little things but like the main sharps and i guess flats oh i uh, so oh uh, you want to give your sharps too i want to give my sharps yeah okay sorry uh my sharps the first one is that they're dancers of various body shapes yes oh i noticed that i was so happy that they didn't make everyone like twink thin (laughs) <laughs> yeah i noticed that and i loved because because if you co- come uptown there's different every, every body shape is represented so like kudos to them for that little yes. detail there were three numbers that like with the visualization and the singing and the and the choreography obviously i just want to give a sh- huge sharp shout out to them uh no diga paciencia Ife, and carnaval de barrio like those amazing uh they're so beautiful and like i said pasienza ife i am ugly crying more than anne hathaway in les mis i loved vanessa's daydream at the end of it won't be long now yes oh my With gosh the fabric coming and she cut that building. lady's hair 
there. <laughs> yeah, but like more so about the fabric and she's running because like. Oh yeah, that lifted my heart. That gave you a visual subtext that like, like you said, they added to her story. So like, I, I mean, I could I could lay out what exactly it means, but everyone knows what it means if you see it, when you see it. Yeah. Um, the And the last thing, last sharp I have is the dancing on side of the building like that to me yes uh, i i love that they made it real it wasn't like green screen whatever i really appreciate that uh before we get to flats though sometimes i have what i like to call naturals which is neither a sharp nor a flat but i still need to talk about it because it's on my mind vanessa's fishnets in the beginning me personally didn't like it but i was just like i get it for her character but for me the like she wore those like really wide fishnets that to me reads like more hooker than you know girl in the body but like i just needed to like point them out to some because yeah somebody else at somebody at me about them like i get it it would be part of her closet but i'm just like but like would it <laughs> yeah no I get it I mean I didn't really feel one way or another I was like okay I think I think the thing for me about it well you know what I'll wait until we get into the flats because there is something about Vanessa's character that I'll say when we get okay. there yeah and then I have another natural which was yeah. the animation b- before 96,000 you know them moving things around and they make a lightsaber and everything I was just like mm, okay neither loving it or hating it it's just like a thing that was that they showed that i was just like did we have to have it but like yeah kind of dug it because it was because i don't know if they're saying that graffiti pete is like visualizing this song or something but whatever Whatever. (laughs) i I read too deep into things sometimes uh what (laughs) what were your flats so I'll go into like the Vanessa thing. So I think like, and it kind of in a weird way ties back to what you said about the fishnets. Like if they would have had Vanessa's character be more like, like I said before, like, kind of hardened, kind of have that edge to her, be like kind of like tough. That would have made more sense. But I think that they went a whole different route with Vanessa than how she is in the musical. Like Vanessa in the musical, she doesn't like take shit from anyone. She will always speak her mind. She is like like the classic like example of like a strong independent woman who like is just has her her mindset on what she wants. She doesn't have time of the day for anyone. And I think that that's I didn't get that vibe from her like in like the beginning where she goes the no 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 no. I expected that to be like in the musical. She comes in like all like like kind of just like no 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 no. No, 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 like, like just about really to like throw her phone. Yeah, like about to throw her phone, and it's like she's like friendly, like Mr. Johnson. I got the security deposit. Like she's all she's like desperately trying to explain this because it's like so important. Here. And I feel like it was more just like Mr. Johnson. I got the security deposit. Like it was more like Apologetic. almost like already already defeated in a way. Like I feel like she didn't have that like like that. I don't know how what, what word I'm looking for. Just she- like. I, to be crass she didn't have the balls yeah i think yeah. i think she didn't have the balls and i mean maybe that was either that was the way that the show wanted vanessa to be in the movie or maybe it was it was her portrayal of it either way i think she did a great job overall and i will say to her to just because i don't want to sound like i'm shitting on her at all when she's saying it won't be long now ooh, like we talked about it was amazing but like I just think that in some moments Vanessa could have had a little bit more like just like that you know just yeah. something to make her different from Nina because I felt like Nina and Vanessa were like almost the same like how they acted in this movie uh do you have any other flats because um let me see um I also I, have very little flats that really yeah haven't... I barely have any oh something stupid that's like that is like not even a big deal but I just wanted to mention it anyway because I'm extra so like this is from an annoying like Charlie Puth perfect pitch type situation where they low the only song in the entire show that they changed the key of was breathe and I don't know why because that girl can sing like 
and they only lowered it a half step. Like the normal one starts at a B flat, like da 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 da, and they made it a keyboard. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, I have my piano right here, but they usually make it da 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 da, and then they they changed it in the movie to da 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 da, and I'm like, why would they change it if every other song's the same? It, it that's just like a minor like me being like annoying about like that stuff i'm like why did you change the key <laughs> but but that's like whatever like it was still great it just bothers me because like as someone like who is very like sensitive to pitch and stuff like that song also has a lot of like interesting core changes and like it it didn't uh, maybe no one else would have noticed this but for me i was like why did they need to change the key? this girl could have sang it in the original key she has a great voice it's only a half step lower and it threw off the whole vibe for me but she did an amazing job. That was just me being annoyed that they made that decision. <laughs> hey, you yeah. are a music. You are a musician, so you. I understand musicians have things with. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's. Keys. I'm like that's like literally like on a scale from one to ten, it's like a point five importance level. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's just like an annoying little thing. But that's honestly, you know what's funny about that? It's called flats, and guess what? They made the key flatter. <laughs> so there we go. My my biggest flat. I also have a minor flat too, but like my biggest flat is that on HBO Max, I watch it with subtitles because like, me too. you know, I, sometimes my, my ears hear something else or like, you know, I get me distracted. Too. I need subtitles. But like when they speak full lines in Spanish that aren't translated. It just said speak Spanish. It just says speak Spanish. And I'm just like, guys. Just put it in there. Do you not understand this movie? Like, yeah, no, that made me actually. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot that, that 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 was a thing. But that actually made me mad because I'm like sitting there watching and I'm like, dude, like I actually want to read it. Like I want to see what they said because like I do speak Spanish, um, uh-huh. but I'm not like I, I'm not as good as I am with my English. So I'm like, if I it would help me so much more if I could just read it. But they just had to go speak Spanish. Like, just put it in there, dude. I mean, I'm surprised that they didn't do that for Carnival. Like, I'm happy that they had the language, the lines for Carnival de Barrio um, printed out and everything. But, like, for spoken dialogue, it just says speak Spanish. And I'm just yeah. like, guys, like... Bro, come on. Like, uh, you're right. I don't like that. And then my, like micro <laughs> flat um is the taglines that they have for the movie so the taglines that they have is turn up the volume on your dreams the time has come which i get that one and then lights up there's one that they are missing that that is sorely missing um and it spoke it said during the march which i want to say is like uh, tell your stories or speak your stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, that's what Uznavi is doing. He's speaking his story to his kid. Wow. Like, so, yeah, like, why? That would have been, been a great tagline. Like, hire me for your marketing team next time, John. Yeah, guys. Freaking John <laughs> Riley over here. You're missing out. <laughs> would you add any of these songs from the movie to your life's playlist? It won't be long now. I. Like after I saw it the first time, I started listening to it on nonstop. So I'm the whole thing. I love I love every every second of it. I, I honestly, I'm gonna be really honest. I'm still I still favor the Broadway recording over the movie. That's um, fair. You know what? I get it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that for the whole soundtrack. I don't think that there was any song that I liked more in the movie. To be honest, I that's just my honest opinion. But I liked I, it. I liked it. I like I liked what they did with a couple of the songs because, like, like I said earlier, like it's a movie. You can do more with it. So, like, even the orchestration, there's more like than what there would be in on the Broadway show. So, like, right. Carnival sounds fuller with all these different drums happening and all these other instruments. The club also sound like you get the same sound, but it feels like filled out because you yeah but that's just me yeah yeah and i I get that yeah i'm saying i'm I'm like i'm with you on that i'm with you on that 
sure. So sometimes I ask my my actor guests this, and I did yeah. write it on the outline. Um, but obviously, you've played Carla in a stage version of this. I would, if you got the option to pick a role, who would you want to play? Nina. Uh, can I just? I want to. I I have an I. Follow me on this one. Ready? Okay. I'm excited for you to play Abuela when you are age appropriate. Yes. Oh my gosh. Listen. 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 I'm I'm not even kidding, and I'm not even trying to gas myself up, but I fucking kill paciencia I say like yes, yes no that's like <laughs> no like seriously because and like and, and it's, it's funny because it's an old lady song but it's like well nah, it's kind of rude but <laughs> another way uh, whatever I mean sorry but anyway like I literally like when I sing that song like I feel like I feel that like I fucking feel it and I'm like Oh, you're right. I'm guys. I'm manifesting now. I'm going to play Abuela one day. Well, of course you are. I mean, there's no oh doubt. About it. <laughs> but like, you're you're too you're visit physically too young to play her right now. Right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, forty years with like maybe a little extra makeup, we can we can talk. Oh, a little little <laughs> extra makeup. <laughs> you know, add a little more wrinkle lines or something, and I would die. I would die, but I but I'd be happy. But for right now, we'll have you play Nina. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That's my like dream role. <laughs> but yeah. So we've come to the end of the episode. Oh. Melody, is there anything you want to like plug, promote? Yeah. Um, so I am working on an album. It Ooh. will be out at some point. I don't know when yet. But I just want to let people know what's happening. Just keep an eye out for that stuff. You know, he mentioned my TikTok. My handle for every social media is at Melody Cruz Sings. Follow me on there. And that's pretty much it. Do you have an album out already? Or is this going to be your first album? I have some singles out. I have some singles out. They're not, I mean, they're, they're, they're fine. I, I, they're not like exactly me. It was kind of projects that I was like brought onto that weren't like my like original projects, but I, you can hear my voice on Apple Music, Spotify, all digital platforms also if you're in the pennsylvania area i will be playing at music fest in august Ooh. yeah so that'll be exciting um i have live performances almost every week sometimes twice a weekend so my website melodycruise.com you can go under events and see all the gigs i have lined up other than that that's pretty much all i have going on right now this album are you writing it or yes i love that writing and co-producing I love that for you. I'm going to totally buy it when it comes out. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Your belt is just so beautiful. Oh, thank (laughs) you so much. And if you're want to at me for whatever I said in this episode, I feel like I said a lot, but like, (laughs) if you want to correct me or whatever, uh, you can email me at buttasongpod at gmail.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at buttasongpod. And if you want to be part of the next episode, we're going to be talking about the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, the one from 2004. Ooh. Oh, it's iconic. You should bring me on for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I definitely want to have you come back for something. Who knows? We'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. Exactly. But, uh, I hear a carnival happening. Do you want to come with me to the carnival? <laughs> let's go to the Let's have a carnival del barrio. I'm so happy you sang because <laughs> I wanted to know that in there for you. Uh, okay. Bye for now, everyone. Bye for now. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to Castbox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. 